I'm all about the good vibes, the good vibes. We bout to have a good time, a good time. Leave my problems all behind, all behind. We living out the good life, the good life, yeah. I ain't gotta worry about a thing. Oh no. Had some obstacles I overcame. podcast i got two very special guests in the building tonight normally i have one tonight i got two i have a power couple for you all tonight you guys are going to love them and enjoy them my good friends andrea and dr kendall jasper all the way from north carolina stand up what's going on y'all hey we're first and foremost thank you guys for coming on taking some time out I know, I know it's hard. Y'all got the kids and everything, you know what I'm saying? So I understand, you know, how, how hard it is to, to separate that time. So I appreciate y'all for doing that. My pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So how's everybody doing during the pandemic right now? Everyone's good. Everyone's good. Everyone is healthy. Um, practicing social distancing as best as we can. But, you know, we still get out, handle our essential business. Yeah. Kendall has more essential business than I do. How, uh, how, like, how quarantine is it over there? Like, cause I know different states are different. Uh, uh, it depends. You know what I mean? Different areas of the city, you know, uh, are adhering to stay at home orders. Well, we're actually in phase two now. So, okay. Uh, people are allowed to do things, restaurants, barbershop, barbershops, salons. Oh, okay. Uh, so you guys are kind of like, beginning to open up a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. we're not, you know, in certain other areas where you see people having pool parties and things like that. Yeah. Things like that haven't happened here. I know down at the beach, people have been going to the beach, yeah. but we're about three and a half hours away from, you yeah. know, Myrtle Beach or the beach down in Wilmington, um, you know, so. But we still don't want the RNT here later this summer. Back. So. Back. Back. <laughs> You know they, they don't have to threaten to take it away. They can just take it. Yeah, they can. They can keep that first wave. They can have yeah. that. <laughs> I'm <don't> good. Know. <laughs> you know, you know, black folks. We sit back for a second, like, oh, we just gonna wait just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, <what's going> on? <laughs> Definitely. We'll wait a little bit. Yep. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah, yo, like up here, it's like, you know, we're waiting. We're still like waiting in line to go into the supermarket and stuff like that. Everybody got the mask, the gloves, like the whole nine yard. It took like you know, 10 years just to get into the Super feel like you're going into the club. Well, more than half of the cases are up that way between New York and New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. But New York and Jersey have close to 600,000 cases. But most of them are, are they are, but they're most, most of them are North Jersey, not South. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Closer yeah. to the city, closer yep. to New York City. Yeah. Yes. I actually had a cousin um, who recently passed away that, that had the virus as well. Too. Sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, it's all good. I appreciate, I appreciate it, man. Um, and he was actually working in the airport, so you know oh. he he was, oh. I yeah. So him, his wife uh, recovered. Um, my grandfather actually recovered. My grandfather's ninety six, so he recovered from it. Um, and uh, I had two other cousins that that are just recovering as well too. So, you know, praise God that everything is 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 well with them. You know. Mm-hmm. But you know, but you guys are safe and, and that's important. So yeah, man, so I wanted to like, you know, let's jump into it real quick. And you know, you guys are, you know, a power couple and you know, Andrea, class of 2020, you're just now graduating. Congratulations on getting your, your BA in liberal studies. So I wanted to know, tell us about the journey and, and what sparked your interest in liberal studies. Oh, well, to be honest with you, I started school over two decades ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and when I made the decision to go back to school um, last year, I really just wanted to fulfill my dream of getting my degree, but not just getting my degree, getting it from my school. I went to the illustrious North Carolina A&T State University. Hey. 
for one HBCU in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that was my goal. Um, liberal studies, of course, allowed me to take the classes that I wanted to take. And, um, and I gained a lot. I mean, the majority of classes that I took in this last year was African American studies. Mm -hmm. um, and man, I, I learned so much yeah. just in last year. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I, I don't know, as a, you know, as a mom, like, you know, doing ripping and running and taking the boys here and, you know, and your daughter's down there dancing for, you know, the saints and stuff like that. Like it can get kind of hectic and, and, you know, and doctor, let me, let me ask you this. Like, you know, up, how big was, how big was your role in, in being a support system for your wife to achieve this goal? And how important was it to, you know, to have that support and having her com complete that goal for, for you? And Well, uh, I, I, you know, obviously, obviously education is at the top of the list for me. Yeah. Right. And I'm a strong opponent uh, of people you know, furthering the education as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So I think that from a messaging and a, a modeling um, perspective for our children, mm -hmm. it's very important for them to see their parents continuing to be lifelong learners. Right. Right. And it also sends the message that it's never too late to, you know, achieve your goals. Right. Right. And, and all it takes is some will, determination and persistence. Mm -hmm. And you can get there. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that it's important. And then also, you also have, you know, I think it's also important that people are making attempts to achieve goals. Mm -hmm. Support does matter. Right. The ability to support someone, uh, the ability to help them along the way, uh, that matters. Yeah. Right? But I also want my kids to be able to see mm -hmm. that there's a, you know, the importance of being supportive. Right. Right. To each other right. as a family, as a unit. Those things are very important. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Like I, I think, um, even now to this day, like I look at, I look at my wife and I look at our situation, like my wife, she started taking up, um, uh, crafting. So she, she got a, uh, uh the, the cricket machine and it was like, she said, babe, like, I want to, I want to do something, you know, on where I'm serving people, where I want to do something that's, that's going to be fulfilling. And, and she was discovering, trying to discover her purpose. What was she supposed to be doing? Cause you know, she's also a photographer as well too, but in the winter months, you know, photography, you know, kind of goes down a little bit cause she's more of the outside um, photo photographer. She does a lot of outside shoots. She doesn't do like a lot of the weddings. Like she gets those calls sometimes, but you know, spring, summer, that's her, you know, her thing. But then it came a time where it was just like, she wanted to do something else. She wanted to do more. So I thought it was like, you know, super important for me to, you know, give her that support. But at the same time, like you said, you know, show our children that it's never too late to, to start something and go out and, and finish that. Like, I think like we, we need that way more, you know, in families today, you know, just in general to continue to show our kids that if you, if you want to add on to that. Yeah, I mean, I will say that one thing that I took from it, especially mm -hmm. as it pertained to the kids, is the fact that it taught them patience. Yeah. It, it gave them a better understanding of the need to be supportive, mm -hmm. you know, because they, they knew that outside of the work and the things that I did for them, the educational piece was really important for me. So mommy needed that quiet time. Mm -hmm. Mommy needed them to pitch in around yeah. the house. Yeah. Mommy yeah. needed to prepare dinner every now and again. Right. And it, now, now before this though, before this, so it was, it was more about, and being that they understand that, you know, what was the preparation like, you know, cause as you guys are raising them, like you guys are raising them to, this is this is coming. So when you couldn't be there to go ahead and cook or do other things around the house, and you needed that support, what was the preparation like? Um, the boys are a little bit older now, right? So our children are between the ages of eleven and twenty-two. Okay. Um, and with Kiana being away at school, the boys they had a clear understanding of of what the needs were. 
So just as simple as telling them, mommy's going back to school. Right. And of course, asking them how they felt about it, you know, and, and knowing how excited they were for me uh-huh. was probably the biggest motivational piece wow. that I took away from it, right? The minute I said, you know what? I'm going to get my, my bachelor's degree. Yeah. My little one, his eyes lit up. He was okay. like, you're going back to school? You're going back, what? Like, you're going to be in here taking tests? Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, we made the decision to go to graduate school, you know? And same thing. Boys were like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Get your master's, mom. <laughs> oh, dope. But let me, so let me ask you this, though. So, you know, what advice could you give to other mothers that are facing the same you know, situation that, that you guys were facing? What advice can you give them or motivation that you give to them to go out and complete that goal? Because some of them, you know, they, they start and then they, they, don't, they don't finish because of whatever is, is surrounding them. Yeah, I mean, what I would say to that is approach it by taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go full-time, full-fledged all at once. You know, when I made the decision to do that, it was easy because I saw just how close I was to achieving that goal. Mm -hmm. But it took me many, many, many years just to get my associate's degree. Mm -hmm. You know, I I took classes, goodness, from 97 to 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It took me 20 years to complete a two-year degree. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my advice is to take baby steps. Right. And when you get into the groove and when you feel comfortable, take on more, you know? And then it really just depends on the kind of support that's around you. But nothing should get in the way of you achieving your goals. Wow, amen, amen to that. So so doctor, let me me, me ask you this brother. So you you play D1 ball. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, heard, I heard you was nice, you know what I'm saying, on, on the hoops a little bit. Maybe maybe we could get down in the gym, you know what I'm saying, real quick. I was okay. I was okay. I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you also work with, you know, with youth and, and also professional athletes. And you have a mm-hmm. PhD in, in clinical science, I mean, clinical uh, psychology. Uh-huh. So I wanted to know, like, first and foremost, you know, what what is, for those like myself that don't know exactly what clinical psychology is, Explain what, what that is and, and what um, what do you do to, to use that in order to help um, the younger generation today? So, you know, psychology obviously is a study of human behavior, right? Science study of human behavior. So clinical psychology is more uh, geared towards the clinical aspect of it, mainly dealing with uh, mental health disorders. At what used to be Access 1 through Access 5, uh, mental health disorders. So depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, anxiety, uh, personality disorders, you know, things of that nature. That's more of our claim to fame. Now, of course, there's also research involved there. And there are some clinical psychologists who don't actually practice, but will go into academia and uh, end up doing a lot of research centered around different forms of mental illness. Their origin, etiology is, is more of a clinical term or scientific um, term for what the cause of it, the root cause of it is. Right. So obviously I use it, one-to-one correlation is using it with individuals who are struggling with mental illness. Right. right? But the other part of that, because it, it, focuses a lot on the full understanding of human behavior and psychology. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different avenues and or ways that it can be used right. to apply right. in corporate settings, you know, obviously with an and NBA, NFL, you know, those organizations, although they are centered around sports, they are corporations. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Uh, so, you're dealing with corporate settings, organization of situations, personality-related activity that may not end up in someone being diagnosed with a, with a mental illness, but understanding people's personalities, their behaviors, 
understanding group practice, things of that nature. So it can be used in a variety of ways. It's almost like a Swiss Army knife. Mm, okay. That, that is, you know, relative to all uh, topics of discussion. Right, right. That's deep, brother. That's deep, man. I like, I always like to, you know, to, to hear and see, you know, um, you know, especially like I've always had older mentors um, mm -hmm. that are like, you know, a couple years older than me, like guide me along the way. So I'm always interested to learn, you know, about just different things other than the ordinary. Cause to me, that's not, that's not ordinary to me, you know, especially where we come from. It's like, oh snap, like, you know, it's, this dude is, it, he looks like me. He, he sounds like me and he's, he's into clinical psychology. Like, I think that's important, you know, especially for young men today to see that, like, you don't have to just hoop. You don't have to just throw a football or anything like that. You can actually really, you know, do something that's going to benefit society in a major, major way. Like how important do you think that is for other men to, you know, to even dip into that, that field? Well, I think it's extremely important, you know, it, it, you know, obviously the sign of the times with things that are going on, I think that more people who look like us right. need to start identifying, researching, you know, fields that not a lot of us are in that impact us. Mm -hmm. In some in some situations, impact us more than any other racial or ethnic group. Right. 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 So right. it's important for us to seek those out and understand that. Number one, it's not as difficult as we would think it is. And that's not to downplay my level of education or my achievements. Mm -hmm. You know, but some of the difficulty with achieving is here, mm -hmm. right? It's not about access to resources. It's what we believe we can achieve. Right. Certainly. So some of it is about that. The other part of it is, you know, what are we, what's our purpose? What are we doing this for? Right. Right. And, and what kind of impact mark are we going to leave? Mm -hmm. All of those things come into play. You know, before I became a psychologist, I looked at going to medical school to become a psychiatrist. Mm. You know, I never forget when I was doing my, you know, after we receive our PhD, we have to do an internship slash residency in, in some location. I was doing mine at a psychiatric hospital. Okay. So I met a gentleman who was a psychiatrist who was doing his residency. And, uh, he said, man, we don't get nearly as much on the philosophy side, on the behavioral side, and the, the psychotherapy side um, of it as much as we do on the medical side of it. Mm. Although we understand some of the theory, we don't really dive into it as much as you all do. Mm. And I feel like that's something that's missing. Right. You know, that that those are his words. Right, right. So it kind of reaffirmed to me that the path that I was taking was one that was one that I was much more comfortable with because mm -hmm. I wanted that interaction. I wanted much more interaction than a 13 minute med check or fifth, you know, 15 minute right. uh, med check and a 60 minute initial eval. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so it, and it's, you know, again, it's brought my, my horizon. There are a lot of industries mm -hmm. that, I've become and, and my discipline has become very relevant. Right, right. Amen. And here's what I will say, just to piggyback off of that. Mm -hmm. um, one thing about Kendall that I admire is the fact that he's able to utilize all his incredible skills. So the fact that he is such a relatable guy is attributed to the fact that he played team sports or, you know, he's a youth athletic coach and he um, grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And so he's had experiences that other young men who look like him can relate to. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that all of those things are important, especially considering the type of education that he has, because now he can step into a room and advocate for them based on his knowledge and experiences so, so yes absolutely and i want angel i want to ask you this too like what are some of the, the major keys uh the major key points that that help your family success oh um trust 
Yeah. Um, full and complete transparency. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. um, communication is key mm -hmm. because um, it allows us to express ourselves as individuals, but it also gives us an opportunity to um, understand one another's perspective and then try to find that middle ground. Mm. Dope. That's dope. What, what, do, what, do you, what do you think, Doc? Um, I mean, I agree with, I agree with her sentiments. Mm. Uh, I think that, um, you know, you have to have consistent reminders of what you're doing this for. Yeah. Right? And I think that, you know, a lot of people would say, people kind of fall into pigeonholes of we're doing this because of the kids or, you know, this, that, and the third. I, I think that you, you need consistent reminders of why you're doing it. And, and you know, it has to be strong and, and it has to be strong enough. I was going to yeah. good enough. I was about to throw the hood off. Yeah. You know, it has to be strong enough to, to kind of keep you there and create a balance. And I think that, um, you know, she's kind of stole my answer a little bit on a low, son. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. She took, she took all the good ones. Your answers is her answers. And but I think that, I think that um, communication certainly is important. Yeah. You know, I, everything starts with, with a level of communication. Yeah. Um, you know, and also recognizing and being real and honest and saying that, you know, not every day is going to be, you know, the best of a day. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. you know, and be realistic with each other about those things. Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, because I mean, like, you know, I look at my wife and I, we we advocate for marriage all the time because we look at the the statistics alone is 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And I always ask my, always ask the question, like, why? Like, why does it end up in divorce? You know, because, well, for a number of reasons, you got people that are just doing it just to do it because it may be a, 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 a trend for them. Um, you know, they want the whole party. They want the whole big extravaganza and stuff like that. And they spend all this money, you know, on a whole party. And then they end up, you know, hating each other in the next two years. And going through, they don't, they don't want to go through the full process of what it takes to actually have a marriage. Like, it's not just something that you can just pick up and then drop off when, whenever you want to, you know? So my, my question is like, how can you guys, as, as, a, as a power couple that you guys are and the accomplishments that you guys have, you know, been, been doing over the years, you know, what type of advice or encouragement can you give to those couples that may be struggling today? Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> this is what I always tell the young couples okay. um, and, and certainly echo it in raising our children. And I always say, anything worth having is not going to come easy, right? You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have situations. You've got to take the good with the bad and try to work through it all. Right. That's where the communication and the trust come in. Yeah, absolutely. Nick. Let, let me say this though, right? Okay. And this is not to contradict her, yeah. right? People grow, right? And, and sometimes they grow apart, right? Right. And, and there has to be an understanding that marriage or not, there are relationships all across the board that don't always work out for the best, right? right? You have to be doing things for the right reasons, mm. right? And, and even if you do them for the right reasons, right. they may not always end up the way that you intended for them to end up. But you also have to be able to give people room to, to grow, right? I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that you know people say vows and, and things like that. And, and again, I take a non-traditional approach, right? And this is a union and we are one. One doesn't mean one thought. Mm -hmm. 
right? One doesn't necessarily mean one action, right? One doesn't necessarily mean one belief system because I may have come from a belief system and you may have come from a different belief system, right? And sometimes those aren't going to mesh, right? Right. Absolutely. So you've got to communicate and, and, and create a common ground if you could. Yeah. Set some boundaries and limits for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And, and you also know when to kind of give up on a certain situation issue and kind of walk away from it. Yeah. And say, okay, listen, we just got to remove ourselves from this. Yeah. I'll remove myself. You remove yourself from it. We'll move on to something else. Right. Right. But it's hard not to personalize that. Mm -hmm. right. right. People will take that and say, you know, because you feel this way, you don't love me. Yeah. You don't care about me. It's There's all types of meanings attached to it. Right. And it may not be a meaning at all other than my belief system won't let me, you know, I don't feel very comfortable in that situation, yeah. adjusting in that environment. You know, is it worth trying? Depends on what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you preaching to the choir right now, brother, like straight up and down, because I talked about this on my last podcast, you know, uh, I shared a story with, you know, with one of my homies. Um, I went through a, a divorce, you know, my wife went through a divorce, you know, luckily we found each other, you know what I'm saying? Two broken people and we just came together to, to fill, you know, each other up. But, you know, years ago, uh, I was in a situation where what you were just talking about was me, like straight up and down. We needed to just break this up and, and go our separate ways because we did come from two different belief systems and there was no getting it back together because of the situation. And with the situation, it, it came out to where, you know, I'm raising a little girl that I'm thinking that's mine you know, for two years and turned out she wasn't really biologically mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I found that out within the marriage that she wasn't mine. And I'm just, you know, so certain situations, again, that was a situation that you got the ghost. Yeah, so it may be a deal breaker. Yeah. Right? You know, and, and what people have to realize is even though it's a deal breaker, you then if you do have children involved, you have to work very hard to then create a workable situation, right? For the children that you have, who didn't ask to be here. I I I I totally agree. Like I think that at you know for me at that time it was just I had to gradually break myself away because I was so attached to you know our, you know our daughter. You know what I'm saying? I was attached to a little girl, and it was one of those. It took a couple months. It just you just don't like automatically go cold turkey. You know what I'm saying? It was something I had to like gradually break away from that that whole situation because mm -hmm. like said a, ch a child is involved and you don't want to mess her up. You know what I'm saying? Or him up or whatever the case may be. You know, so that's that's uh, awesome, awesome points, guys. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and kind of still stay on the family topic. But, you know, being that we're in this this pandemic and I couldn't really wait to, to ask you guys this question. Um, being that we're in this pandemic right now, uh, the, the rates in, you know, child abuse and domestic violence and, um, you know, the suicide calls, like the numbers are increasing like over 600% since the pandemic has begun. And I just wanted to know, like, how can we as a people make the shift, you know, mentally in our homes and within our families? That's, that's a difficult one, right? Because you're dealing with, if we're dealing with child abuse and we're dealing with domestic violence issues, we're, we're dealing with mental health issues and we're dealing with mental illness somewhere in, there, somewhere in there. So it's very difficult to, you know, treatment has become an issue. Being able to get people into safe environments and into a safe place right. at times has been very difficult. Mm -hmm. I would I would recommend in those circumstances. Obviously, there's still, you know, those helplines and hotlines that can be called. Right. Um, you know, you can always in those situations certainly call nine one one Department of Social Services in your area, um, and then charge them 
with helping and assisting someone with finding a safe place to be. Right. Now, of course, a lot of individuals will be in these types of situations, men and women, in yeah. abusive situations. Yeah, straight up. Not to go anywhere. Yeah. And, and that is very dangerous as well. But each person's situation is different. Mm-hmm. But but I would say that there is there are still some options that exist for you. Yeah. And uh, trying to find those options, mm-hmm. you know, talking to supports. That's why it's important for people to check in with each other. And yeah, maintain yep. the support for each other. You never know what somebody's going through. You never understand what someone's going through. Right. Right. So I think it's very important there. And, and certainly in these times, it shines a light. It can definitely shine a light on issues that our individuals are having. Right. But now we can't avoid them or walk out or remove ourselves mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. I mean, you could, but you run the risk of having some some different type of health issues or concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but certainly I have a level of compassion for what I know some people are currently going through. Exactly. Certainly, there are some options that exist for them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even if you are fearful, I would empower people to say that. You know, let's let's try to find some courage and some fortitude to to tell our story, and hopefully, the individual that you reach on the other end, you know, won't shame you. You know, won't uh, be dismissive. Yeah. Acknowledge it. And then figure out a way to provide you some support and/or get you some help. Mm, deep, brother. Deep, man. Thank you so much for that. I think that that's definitely going to help like a lot of people that's listening to the podcast right now. And for those that are listening to the podcast right now, make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment below. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure you guys go ahead and click that bell, subscribe, and give me a thumbs up as it'll go up to the recommended. Share this with your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your grandma, your grandpa, your stepdaughter, your stepsister, your stepbrother, somebody. Share it with the cat, the dog, everybody. Share it with your auntie, Aunt Lucy, whoever. Share with somebody because you guys are getting some good, good knowledge right here, right now. Now, I wanted to jump back to, to Andrea really quick. And you started a company called Collective Youth. And I've known this, you know, company and you, we've always done, had a great business relationship where we have uh, brought a lot to the dance community um, and dealing with all the, the best of the best dancers um, in the country and around the world. You know, I just want to know what made you start uh, collective view. Ooh. Um, well, story starts off in Los Angeles, California. LA. Uh, <laughs> we moved, and I say we, it was our oldest daughter, Kiana, and the baby boy mm-hmm. moved to Los Angeles um, in 2009. Mm-hmm. Kiana pursued her entertainment career if you will. Um, on our way back to North Carolina, um, I asked Kiana, what did she want her legacy to be, right? In, in the two years that we had lived there, what was it that she wanted to do based on the experiences that she had? Mm-hmm. Fast forward, um, you know, what we wanted to do collectively was um, create opportunities for young dancers especially. Um, So it started with creating some class opportunities, some marketing opportunities, which also helped up and coming dancers and teachers Mm -hmm. who wanted to make some extra money. So um, I'd like to say that we were kind of ahead of the curve when it came to teaching yeah. um, and it gave dancers an opportunity to make some uh, residual income when they weren't working in their professional jobs. Yeah. Definitely. So. Yeah. Cause I know for sure, man, like even, you know, me, we, we've done so much and I I'm looking back over the past couple of years and I'm just like, man, yo, we have served, well over 2,500 dancers with all the workshops 
you know, combined together. And I'm looking back at the numbers. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And this is just one area we're talking about. So imagine all the other areas that you're sending dancers out to. It, you know, we're well over, like, probably half, you know, a little over a couple hundred thousand. Listen, <laughs> not, not it's, not, it's not just the individuals that we've touched physically. I mean, I would venture to say millions because we have given access to dancers globally. Yes, yes. So, I mean, you know, from dance workshops to uh, concept videos to, yeah. you know, virtual classes yeah. during the pandemic, like we are serving dancers and dance fans all over. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. We can we can go I, on. How does it make you feel like you guys are serving so many people like in the world? <sighs> you know, it gives me purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, all all I ever want is to to help fill a void in people, um, provide them with an escape from yeah. whatever it is that they're experiencing. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's dope. That's my yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. Now, Doc, I wanted to bring it back to you real quick. I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you know a question um, about leadership. Um, okay. You know, I I feel that um, you know that there may be a lack of leadership in 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 the home. Um, you know, from from us men, and I'm just speaking from from a man's perspective. Like I was, you know, I. My family, my dad was in the military. My mom was, um, she worked in the AME church in, in the 90s and her job led her to St. Louis. My dad was in Ohio and also down in South Carolina as well too, where he was stationed at mm -hmm. from age 10 to 17. So, and we were in Jersey, me and my sister. So we would have my granddad come down and my cousin Tanya come down and they would watch it. But I would see my mom and dad like, you know, every two weeks, two to three weeks, something like that. But my mom and dad, they always had, they still had their hand on the pulse, you know, with us, raising us, you know, so even though I didn't see them, they were still being able to lead, even, even going to go out and make money for us to make sure that we had everything that we need, right? So what I see a lot of, and I've run into a lot of kids um, that are, you know, early teenagers into the young adults, right? And they lack um, there, it feels like they're missing leadership and they're trying to find their way through. And I wanted to ask you, you know, how, how important is it, you know, in today's society that us fathers, you know, lead our families so that they can continue on the legacy? Well, I think it's extremely, <laughs> right? I think that, you know, I, I'll tell you this, mm -hmm. right? I'll use a sports analogy. Okay. I'm gonna name several different iconic sports figures. Okay. Tom Brady. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods. Right? Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. Right? Guys that we say, okay, they're winners and they've won at every level. Right? You know what they all have in common? What's that? Leadership. A, a daddy. Ooh, okay. Right? Kobe Bryant. Even yeah. though he, God rest his soul, he was strange from his dad late. Right. Winner, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm. Bill mm. And the list goes on. And I'm not saying that you can't win without a dad right. in your home because some have done so. LeBron, yeah. But but LeBron also had some very strong male figures around him. There you go. Right? So he received some of that male leadership from somewhere. Right. Again, I'm not saying that these are things that can't be done without a father. Okay. But it 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 seems very interesting to me that all of these individuals that I named have that in common. Mm -hmm. Right? That leadership is important and it matters. Yes. Certainly. Extremely important. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that far too often, especially for 
our young black men, we miss out on that opportunity. Right. To have someone tangible that you can reach out to. Mm. Right. That you can use as a roadmap to help you navigate. Right. Someone who's going to stand behind you and help you understand that. Go ahead out there. I got you. I'm always here for you. And that matters. And it's very important. It is. Yeah. I think I agree, man, because I know growing up and when my dad wasn't there, it, it was like, all right, I always had, you know, my man, Don Garrett, who, you know, was my, my manager at, uh, when I was working at ShopRite as a, you know, as a teenager or, or I had, you know, Eric Montgomery down at the YMCA, you know what I'm saying? Like I always had somebody that I could kind of cling to. So I think I agree with you. It's important for us to, to find those mentors, to find those guys that are going, that we can cling to because leadership is important because if we, you know, as men, you know, naturally, you know, I mean, we're, we're born as, as leaders to, to lead mm -hmm. the way. And, you know, our, our, our women, you know, they're there to help us along the way as well too. And like, it's like, yo, I got to make sure. And I, and this is me as a young guy. I got to make sure that I got somebody to lean on to because I don't want to fall by the wayside because I have a goal. I need to get to, to this particular place. And if I don't have no guidance, no leadership, I'm going to fail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's so it's so important. Like you know, do you, what what type of leadership you know qualities do you do you instill into your sons? Well, I, I certainly what I what I instill in them is the idea that they need to be able to communicate. They need to educate themselves because that's an equalizer. Right. Right. Never be afraid to ask questions. Right. It it's not necessarily failing if you're not very good at something then continue to work at it, right. practice it, you know, identify what you're passionate about mm -hmm. um, and, and be an advocate for yourself. And then also be able to help support other individuals. Mm -hmm. Lead by example, right? Know how sometimes to shut up and listen. Here you go. <laughs> right. And, and talk. Right. Right. The, the leaders know how to shut up and listen and not talk. Mm. Yes. Yes, talk about it. You know, it's it's funny, man. Like I uh I got this, I got this book. My wife gave me this for my birthday. Um mm -hmm. by, by John by John Maxwell. It's called the, okay. the, five, the five levels of leadership. And what I'm what I'm learning, um, just in this one book alone, like first of all, I didn't know that there were, you know, so, like the different types of levels of leadership and how you're how you're leading people, if you're leading an organization or if you're leading a family if you're, you know, leading a team, whatever the case may be, you know, there's a certain level of leadership and your level of leadership is going to determine on how those people actually follow you, how they respond to you. And, you know, and, and are you going to turn them into leaders as well too? Like what, what's the level going to be, man? So I, if, if I recommend for anybody that's listening right now, go ahead and, and, and get this book by John Maxwell, five levels of leadership hey john if you get some sales i i, I want to cut on that just letting you know right <laughs> straight up well but, and one thing that i've observed um in this leadership conversation is um kendall has always done a really amazing job of surrounding himself mm -hmm. and our children with other influential men mm -hmm. within our community. So, you know, Kendall's tight homeboy crew, you know, everyone is married with children. Yes. And all of those children know that at any point in time, if need be, they can reach out and touch. Yes. Any one of them. Yeah. You know, and, and they will advocate for those children the same way they would their own. So, so like built a whole village, pretty much. Oh, pretty much. Absolutely. Got a village on our block. You know what I mean? Honest with you. Yes, yes. That's awesome, man. So it's immediate. You know, we have three or four neighbors on my block, mm -hmm. all strong brothers that my my kids know, my daughter and my sons know that they can go to at any time. Yeah, there's never a, there's never a void that needs to be filled because they know that they can call on text or or go down the block to and get what they need that's awesome yo so for anybody that's, that's watching this build your village build your village so that 
you know, because it takes a village to raise a child. Like, I know it's an old saying, but it's absolutely true. We had it when, when I was growing up in the 90s, and my kids are, are having it today as well, too, you know? So I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask you guys this, this last question real quick. Um, I've been asking everybody that's been coming on the podcast this, this one question, and uh, it's more about encouragement. And if you guys had all 7.5 billion people that live on this planet, if you had everybody's ear right here, right now, going through the, the current pandemic that we're going through, and we're going into the second half of the year, right? And everybody was in fear and, you know, panicking and things in that nature. What is the one thing that you would tell them to encourage them to continue to move forward? Ooh. Um, you know what? For me, I would say find your peace, mm. right? Whether it's going and working out and having your moment there or going and doing some grocery store <laughs> yeah, just to get out the house, mm -hmm. um, you know, just find some time every day for peace mm. where you don't have to think about anything else. Dope. Dope. Doc, I think that it, this should be a consistent reminder that we need to take on more of a sense of community. Okay. Right? It, this is an issue and it's a virus where regardless of who you are, what your, you know, what your situation is, you potentially can be a carrier of this virus and pass it on to someone else. Yeah. Right? And in a sense of community, we would understand the importance of everyone's health. Mm -hmm. The importance of through taking my safety measures, I am making an attempt to keep someone else safe. Right. Right. Or keep someone in their family safe. Right. So we're all connected to each other. Mm -hmm. We're all tied together in this. Yeah. And if we are tied together, if we are tied together in this, then this should heighten our sense of community on a, in a positive way. Yeah. To better to each other. Yes. Yes. Period. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that people are missing the mark mm. totally on that idea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I totally agree. Like, missing the mark, missing the opportunity. Like, yeah. I feel like people have been missing opportunity like crazy um, during this pandemic. Like, this is really the opportunity to, to collect. And when I say collect, I mean, like, you know, collect relationships and build upon them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, me personally, I took the opportunity to just be like, all right, cool. If I'm going to be in the house, let me collect as, as many, you know, interviews as possible because it's not about the views that I value, I value the relationships because those relationships is what's going to help me out in the second half of, of this year. You know, what can I, what, how can I add value to, you know, these, these people that, that I'm building these relationships with and vice versa. So for me, it was all about, okay, Kenny, go out and collect those relationships, get them, mm -hmm. get all of that in order, put everything in the back. Cause it's like, it's like the whole, you ever remember playing like Mario Brothers and then you get you get hit by the fire and then all yeah. the coins and everything pop out Absolutely. and you try to collect all the coins? That's exactly, the fire hit, the coins popped out and you gotta collect. Yeah. So that's pretty much what, what it is. So guys, if you guys are listening, you know, take some time out for yourself. Make sure that you, you get your peace, you know? And then guys, please, please, please make sure that you, you know, take the opportunity to take this thing to the next level. Don't look at it as a as a tragedy, look at it as an opportunity. You know, an opportunity to get better in the second half of this year. June is coming up, we about to hit the second half. If all my sports fans, you already know, when the second half come, it's game time. It's, it's game time, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't over to the back of the game. It's crunch time, baby. Let's get it, let's get it. So, so check this out, guys. I want to play a game with y'all. Y'all down? 
right. Okay, I'm listening. All right. Okay, so check it out. So the game is called In the Clutch. I'm Kenny Clutch. The game is called In the Clutch. All right. So in 2009, I started a company called In the Clutch. And In the Clutch is an acronym, and it, it stands for I N D A C L U T C H, inspirational dancers creatively linking upon the culture of hip hop. Cool. All right. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys a letter, and then you guys give me a positive word after that letter. Got it? Okay. Got it. Only positive words. Here we go. Ready? C. Caring. L. Loyalty. U. Understanding. T. Time. C again. Compassion. H. Holler back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hope. There it is. That's clutch. That's clutch. That's clutch, yo. Thank you guys so much, the Jasper family. Where can they find you guys at? Go ahead and shout out to Instagram. I am, let's see, Instagram at the number one diva. The number three dudes. So that is one diva, three dudes. And I'm, I'm at Doc and the dude at D-O-C-N-D-A-D-U-D-E or at Dr. Kendall Jasper. And Kendall is with an E on the end, K-E-N-D-E-L-L, Jasper, J-A-S-P-R. Word up, word up. We appreciate y'all, man, for coming on to the Clutch Vision Podcast. Everybody, please make sure you like, subscribe, comment below. Again, share this with your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your grandma, your grandpa, your uncle. I don't care who it is. Share it with your cat, your dog. Share it with kitty litter. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Share it with somebody and get the word out there about the Clutch Vision Podcast, the most positive podcast going on in the world today. And remember, when we change the mind, we change the game. Yesterday is gone, tomorrow will worry about itself, and today is all we have. And if today is all we have, you better make sure you impact today to its fullest. It's your boy Kenny Clutch on the Clutch Vision Podcast. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.